You're listening to Paint the Town Podcast with your hosts. LA Street Art Gallery resident artist, teacher, and founder of LA Street Art Gallery, James Chen of Welcome to Paint the Town Podcast. Welcome back, guys. I'm Teach and I'm James. Today, and I'm Caroline. Today we have Caroline McElroy here with us, and uh, she's got to be one of the most interesting people that I have met out here in, uh, especially out here in Los Angeles. Um, I actually met her because of a little bit of vandalism that I had done. Really? Yes, yes. indeed. What, what's the story behind that, Teach? <laughs> um, well, uh, Joan Rivers. You know, Joan Rivers. Away. Joan Rivers passed away, you know, okay. a few years ago. Yeah, I remember. So uh, she's uh, a bit of a hero of mine and the wife's. And so I made a stencil of her. She's and, a great comedian. Uh, amazing. She's, you know, she basically was a pioneer for, for, you know, female comedians. I mean, a lot of people don't know, actually. I mean, she, like, you know, was, like, one of the biggest comedians. I mean, she's kind of known for her red carpet stuff, but... Anyways, I don't want to get too, too far beyond the point. Anyways, Joan Rivers, you did a stencil. Well, and so she she got her first break on the uh, the Johnny Carson show. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which filmed yeah. over in the studios um, off of Barham. And so there's a box right there. And so I got her portrait up on the, on the box there. And then, I don't know, it wasn't too much longer after that. That uh, now, how did you how did you manage to see this, Caroline? I work at Universal Studios, and I was coming out from the back lot, and I saw the art there. I saw Joan Rivers on one side, and I saw all you need is the right kind of love. There you go. And it stuck <laughs> in my head, and that's how I saw you the first time. Well, you saw his saw teacher's work, right? Yeah. Now, you didn't yeah. see him doing it, right? <laughs> I didn't know who he was. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I went to Paris and I was looking at a lot of street art there, but all the time I was thinking about... I'm sorry, where did you say you were looking at street art? Paris. In Paris, okay. Paris, France. Okay. There's a lot of street art to be seen there in in certain areas, and I was going around to all of them, snapping photos for a book I was writing. And when I came back, I saw the artwork again on the electrical box, and I said, I've got to find this guy. He's just so cool. <laughs> so I met Ringo Starr's birthday party in a street artist. I'm sorry, who's? Ringo Starr's birthday As in the Beatle? <laughs> just not so I just want to make sure I understood. What, you're at Ringo Starr's birthday party. I'm sorry. Go ahead. And this gentleman behind me has on a jacket with some street art and I asked him if it was Banksy because it looked like Banksy's art and he said no. And we just started chit-chatting and I said, well, maybe you can tell me who this street artist is. And I described your art and he said, oh, that's Teacher. <laughs> I love that, by the way. Somebody awesome. could just describe your art and then they know. But that Ringo's birthday. <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah, I just want to point that out. You're famous, bro. <laughs> Don't be humble about it. <laughs> so then, how did you how did you go about? Um, and who was who was who was this artist that had, uh, you know? Do you remember? 
I can't remember his name. We're on Instagram together, and you know. Oh, no, you know what? I understand that. A lot of times, I completely forget someone's actual name, and I and I just I know them by their Instagram handle. <laughs> I, it's something dog, I think. Mad dog or dog bite. Dog bite. That, it could very well have been dog bite. Okay. Dog bite is. Uh, um, I don't know exactly how old he is. He's not a youngster. I know that. And no, he's not. <laughs> but um, he is one of the uh, stable, um, staple guys uh, that has been around for a long time and is still getting up in the streets. I remember with, with political it. pieces. And one of his most recent pieces was a, uh, a Donald Trump as a Benedict Arnold. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw that actually. Awesome. I saw that actually. So, so that's, that's who it was. That uh, that's awesome. I love dog, dog bite. So I mean. Carolyn, you're a writer first, right, you said? Yes. And then basically, so you just saw this uh, street art, and that's, I mean, how did your relationship progress? I mean, how did you end up meeting Teach? I mean, you just reached out to him? Or well, like, you know, what, what, was the, what was the process? It took a bit of investigating. Okay. I went on the internet, and I couldn't find very much. But in the process, I found director John Ennis. Mm-hmm. Ah. And I started a conversation with him over the internet. And I said, by the way, I saw that you had some art in your film from Teacher. And he goes, oh, yes. And, you know, we had a chat about you, Teacher. And then he put me in touch with you. And I did get in touch and I came in. I did an interview. And... I've done a few stories on you since. That's right. And Carolyn, you write for NoHo Arts District, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, well, let's talk about a little bit about your writing. I mean, um, you know, like... When did you start Yeah, when writing? did you start writing? <laughs> I've been writing ever since I learned how to spell. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Okay. So then I always like to kind of get uh, some family dynamics and, and, you know, family history and put... put um, do you, do you know who your parents are? Were they together? Did they? What kind of things did they do? My parents were divorced when I was uh, two years old. Okay. And we were living in North Hollywood at the time on a street called Troost. And once my parents were divorced, we moved to a house on Tahunga Avenue that was built out of old movie sets. Oh, wow. Yes, and I think that that just kind of, I don't know, inspired me. Absolutely. And, you know, I find inspiration in a lot of things around me, like your art, and I just kind of take the ball and run with it and see where it's going to take me. And I was doing that even as a child. Um, I never really saw my father after the divorce. It was mostly my mother and my mother. Do you remember what he did as a trade? My my father was an electronics genius. Okay. Who was Quaker. Whoa. Yes. I'm sorry. He was a Quaker. Electronics genius that's a Quaker. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe some people don't understand that, but Quakers are, you know... That's a whole other story. Anyway, so electronic specialist. Right. So, yeah. you know, he was attached to the radar and sonar area in the, um, I think he was in the Army. Okay. But he didn't like it, and he went A-W-O-L. And instead of sending him to Leavenworth, he was 
sent to work with Howard Hughes. Whoa. So he helped develop a lot of those little things that Howard Hughes is famous for. Lots of little for, things. Like the Spruce Goose. Oh my God. The Glomar Explorer. And he had something to do with the, um, I can't remember what it was called now, but it was the satellite that was up in the sky that had like a million eyes and we could watch oh, everything. Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, he told me the name, but I can't remember it right now. But that was a long time ago. But yeah, I, I used to know. That's yeah. my dad. <laughs> wow. Okay. And then you guys mom. kind of have a similar like family background. Then like your dad. Yeah, designed, my dad was... Your dad designs like military <laughs> stuff. Weapons of mass destruction. <laughs> Carolyn's dad designed Very, airplane yeah, stuff. stuff. Yeah, exactly. Stuff. Exactly. Definitely in connection mm -hmm. with the high tech. Your mom. What did your mom do? Um, well, my mother was an artist at heart, but I didn't really spend a lot of time trying to get to know my mother because I grew up in the 60s. Okay. Okay. The fun I was, time. was and still am a hippie. And awesome. I kept asking my mother things like, well, what's your point of reference? You know? And she would get really pissed off at me. <laughs> you know? And... We, we spent most of our time battling each other or debating for, you know. Sharpening like, each other, yeah, maybe. you know. So I, I know my mother was an artist. She worked for the Social Security Administration. Okay. And she was the one that clued me into what was really happening to the money that innocent workers were having taken out of their paycheck and put into like a big giant Ponzi scheme and how wow. the um, government was looting it for billions. Human and rights. We're trillions now though. You know? Human rights activist. Pardon? Human rights activist to some right. degree. Okay. That makes total sense then. You've got the technical <laughs> father, the artistic mother. You're now with the NoHo Arts District and everything. But you also did something very interesting with uh, the name of high schools and colleges is it like they you using the name the Indian name oh yes I'm part Native American I'm Miwok okay and I ended up a commissioner for LA Unified School District for their Indian education program wow. and I also taught the Indian education program and I was on the Indian Educations Board and I always thought it was kind of hypocritical of Birmingham High School to have this warrior be their mascot when they were treating the Native American students that they had like they were ghosts or something. Wait, where's Birmingham High School? Right down the street. Oh, okay, in, in Encino. Yeah. Oh, okay, well, okay. Encino or? Well, LA. It's in Encino. Encino, okay. It's, yeah. it's an Encino area. All right. Please go ahead. Okay. So I went to my fellow commissioners and I told them what was in my heart and how I felt about it. And it took us two years and a lot of coming together in Santa Barbara because that was kind of like the middle ground mm -hmm. for the representatives from up north and, and down south and all of that kind of came together. and. We held forums and stuff at UCSB. And like I said, it took two years, but 
we finally convinced LA Unified that they needed to change their mascots, and they did. And in the process of that, I had death threats. And I'm sure. Oh my all gosh. All kinds of things because people take their sports very seriously. So wait, what did they? The original mascot yeah, was heritage. It was it was a brave. A brave, I see, I see. And then they got it changed. What did they end up changing it to? I think they changed it to the Patriots. I see, I see. And the, the principal of the school had actually, yeah, no, go figure, right? It's the same thing, isn't it? <laughs> the principal Patriots. of the school had called me into his office and wanted me to stop what I was doing. And I said, it's too late. How many times did I come to you as a parent, as an instructor, as a commissioner, and quietly asked you for some kind of representation. You did nothing but ignore me. And at one of the meetings, in fact, this reminds me, one of the instructors there told me that I was nothing more than a bug-eating digger Indian. Ooh. Exactly. And the gauntlet was thrown. Oh, that's all you need to hear, man. <laughs> Don't mess with this lady. <laughs> oh my goodness, she's got some genetical, you know, uh, potential that will. And obviously, you did. You got him. Yeah. So, so let me let me ask you real quick. You know, you said one of the things that's really interesting to me is like the '60s, actually, because I love you know classic rock. I love '60s and '70s music, mm -hmm. and you know, you 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 claim to be a child of the '60s right now, right? And you said you're still a hippie, and you know, I love that first of all because. Um, you know, there's, I think when we think of a hippie nowadays, we think of, you know, maybe some tie dye, maybe, you know, <laughs> throwing up the peace sign or something like that. Right. I mean, we don't, you know, some, you know, somebody, you know, a little... always throwing out the peace sign. Right? <laughs> so we get our pictures taken together sometimes and there's the peace sign. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you, I mean, um, you know, what are some of your favorite bands from, uh, the sixties and seventies? I, I kind of talked a little bit about this cause I know you write for music for, um, NoHo Arts District. Correct. Mm -hmm. Well, my favorite band from the 60s would be the Beatles. I love the Beatles, of I, course. I do too, obviously. I, I went to Ringo's birthday party. <laughs> now, I was just going to ask, because you mentioned that before. Um, you went to a few of their concerts? Oh, yeah. I saw them at the Hollywood Bowl when I was, I think, 13. Oh my God! And I love thirteen. Thirteen? <laughs> oh yeah. You were one of those girls that was uh, fainting. <laughs> no, not me. Not me. I've never fainted at a no, concert. I, I, I see that was when no. I lived in mm -hmm. North Hollywood. It's like I said, I did grow up there on the street to Hunga. and at that time I was babysitting for a comedian by the name of George Kane. Mm -hmm. And through George, I met Frank Zappa and Vito. We, we went tripping into Indio and had ourselves a blast. I when you were 13. Yeah, when I was 13. <laughs> oh, my God. So what does that tell you guys, if you're familiar with Frank's work? Yeah, there's <laughs> lots of lots Isn't there of a song about a 13-year-old somewhere <laughs> yes. in there? Yes, yes there, there is. is. And a lot of people misunderstand that song. <laughs> That's all we're talking about, just for the listeners. Yeah. She's only 13 and she knows how to nest. 
<laughs> so let's get back to talking about the 60s. I mean, like, as a hippie, I mean, like, you know, how do you, be, you know, I imagine, like, when the Beatles came around, like, you know, everybody's, like, going to concerts. It's kind of like, um, you know, it's, like, it's so exciting, okay, wait, wait, right? Did you start off with the Beatles? Who was, your, like, your first Yeah, who was, like, your first influence? The first record I ever bought was I Want to Hold Your Hand by the Beatles. Okay, so then the Beatles. 1962, right? After that, I can't remember his name. It was Major something, and it was a song called... Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> <laughs> what was your first record? Um, geez, man, the one, the first one that I can, um, my brother was, of course, two year, two and a half years older than me, so okay. that's where all the every all your musical came influence from, came from, right? But the first one that I can remember was um, ACDC, uh, like back a, in black. Back in black. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. Okay, so. Let, <laughs> <laughs> that was Caroline, by the way. That just said that. <laughs> for me, okay. Let me okay, tell so you. Then, okay, so then we go from the Beatles. What did you gravitate to next? Then? Well, obviously Frank Zappa. Of course, okay, if you're gonna hang out with the guy, major yeah. influence on me. You know what's weird about Frank Zappa? They don't play him on the radio as much as like you know any of the other bands. I wonder why that is. Like the lyrics, you know I mean? dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. I mean, think about that for a minute. That's true. Do you That's remember true. the PMRC? And his- <laughs> <laughs> he has a great collection. <laughs> yes, I do. Okay, so then Frank Zappa. Frank Zappa. You know, for a period of time, I really liked the Stones. But when um, Brian Jones, yeah, he died, passed away, mm-hmm. those stones changed, mm-hmm. and at that mm-hmm. point, I was into them for the blues. I see. Okay. I liked King Bee, mm-hmm. Little Red Rooster. Okay. You know those uh, those kinds of songs. Not fade away, kind of transitioned into you know like more of a rock and roll thing. But yeah. Hey, believe it or not, I'm actually seeing the Stones in uh, July. Actually. What? Where? <laughs> at at the Rose Bowl because you know what? Like I've always like I, I've always Dude, like. Thanks for getting me a ticket, man. That's I got awesome, two man. GA tickets basically, and these are fl- like general admission for the Stones. It's not like I'm sitting in the stands too. It's actually on the field, so it's pretty crazy. Well, I mean, it's, it's ever since high school, I've been wanting to watch the Stones, you know what I mean? But the thing is, like, you know, it's like one of those things that you're like, all right, I'll get to it. And I'm like, man, they're really, they're really, like, pushing it right now. <laughs> when, when you were a kid, did you think that Mick Jagger would still be dancing around at, like, 70 years old? I mean, did you think about this? Like, what, how are these rock stars going to turn out? Because they've had so many different phases, you know? Right. I think that when I was that young, I didn't see anything beyond 30 Okay. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> who was who's the first concert? You remember the first concert? Beatles. The Beatles were the okay. Let's talk about the Beatles for a second, because honestly, I really, really, am, I don't know if you know this, Teach. I'm like a huge like that was. So my first record, okay, actually was. It's so embarrassing, actually. <laughs> it's actually no, my first, my first, uh, um, 
No, it's okay. It's not that bad, actually. It's like a Green Day Dookie, right? But I also, at that same day, I also bought Ace of Base, too. That, that's the thing. Do you remember Ace of Base? Yes, I, I saw know. the sign. Okay. <laughs> so, okay, so that was, those are the two records I got as a, uh, as a third grader or something like that. You know what I mean? Third grade? Yeah, Dang, as a, as a third grader. Well, I mean, well, you know, I, I was just curious, you know, about all this music that all these other kids were listening to. Well, wait, to. what am I saying? When I was in third grade, they didn't really have... It wasn't that accessible as it was by the time you were in third grade. Well, so. I mean, yeah, I mean, we had, we had like a Walkman walking around and things like tapes, you know, that was the thing. But basically, how, what happened is that, so I went to go visit my cousin who's, uh, uh, who's Dutch, basically, he lives in Amsterdam, you know, and then um, he, I traded him a, my Green Day tape, basically, because he didn't want anything to do with Ace of Base, obviously, you know, <laughs> okay? But I traded him my Green Day tape uh, to let him borrow it, and in return... He had all the Beatles records, right? And then he literally at that time took the CD and then recorded it onto the tape, basically. You know, you know how he used oh, to do that back yeah. in the day? Yeah. Which is very, very time consuming. Oh <laughs> you know, right? Really, really. So the entire library of different like things he w- wished me to listen to. So basically I had then now I had Ace of Bass and I had the entire Beatles collection, okay, on tape sure. to listen to. Okay. And then so it's like obviously I just threw my Ace of Bass in the trash. At that point, I'm like, okay, this is like Wow, this is this. nowhere near the same level. <laughs> exactly, of artistry right? And skill. I mean, so for basically for that, I was what eight years old at that time. From eight years old all the way until I was like, um, I would say like uh, thirteen. I would only, I basically only listened to the Beatles. You know, so it, it it meant like that much to me. You know, it literally I made friendships off. Hey, you like the Beatles too? Like I like, you know what I mean? And I still actually make those friendships. I don't, I don't know. I'm just saying like, to me, it's like, so Caroline, I know what you mean. Like, you know, you love the Beatles. You said you bought, you know, I want to hold your hand as your first record in 1962. You know, it's so crazy. So I have a special love for the Beatles as well too. It's awesome to sit here and talk to you about it. Now what, where did, how did you get from, um, you know, going to concerts and, um, uh, what was like your first job? My first actual job was when I was 13. I didn't get paid for it. It was more like an internship. But I was a go-go dancer at the teen fairs. <laughs> and I was dancing for a band called The Inmates. They... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just imagining my daughter, you know, Georgiana, who's eight years old now at 13, doing this. They're running away and dancing for uh, some inmates. <laughs> inmates. Daddy, I'm dancing for this team this called Inmates. I'm sorry. <laughs> Do you think that's, is, is that the equivalent of today if basically I said, I'm, I'm going to a twerk off for the rappers? I'm just saying, like, is that the equivalent, do you think? <laughs> I don't, these days there's, there is no equivalent, but I mean, holy cow. So this was, this was where? At, well, the, at that point, they were at the Hollywood Palladium across the street from the Hollywood Blue where I was always hanging out. Like I said, I was always asking my mother what her point of reference was, and she was telling me how evil it was. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. So then. So, so anyway, the inmates won the Battle of the Bands. Okay. And they were signed to Capitol Records. And they became the Knack. There's two Knacks. 
But the thing was, Capitol Records owned the name. And that was how you came up with the second knack. Ah, okay. okay. And the first knack, I was brought into Capitol Records to answer their fan mail. That was my first gig, yeah. Okay. How many letters would they get a day? Interesting. You know, I don't, I honestly don't, I just remember, you know, stuffing envelopes and sticking myself with those darn pins. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Okay. So, I mean, basically it's like, it seems like, uh, inmates, the knack, Frank Zappa and the Beatles have really been influenced you. I mean, um, you know, what about any modern bands? I mean, um, is there any like modern bands that you're kind of following right now? Because you write about music, you know. Right. So. Oh yeah, I love the Arctic Monkeys. Okay. Okay. They, okay. they are go. the shit to me. I'm gonna tell you. I just <laughs> love your when I when I went to see them at the Hollywood Bowl, I was at both shows. Okay. The first show, I was sitting near Vicki Hamilton. I don't know if you know who she is. I don't. She's uh, managed. Uh, Guns N' Roses, Molly oh. Crew, Faster Pussycat. Certainly recognize those names. Yeah. She's very well known in the industry. And her and I bonded over the Arctic Monkeys and our love, or maybe lusting after <laughs> Alex Turner, the singer. You know, a lot of Beatles fans are actually um, uh, Arctic Monkeys fans, actually. When I went to, uh, I went to Liverpool once. I don't know if you, and then um, it was like, a journey to Mecca. Like, for a Beatles fan, basically, it's like, imagine, you know, if you're a Disney fan, like, you go to Disneyland, you're like, oh, my God, everything in this downtown Disney is Disney, right? When you go to Liverpool, it's like, this entire city is, like, there's, you know, it's all connections to the Beatles. Like, you know what I mean? It just feels so amazing. Anyway, so I went to the original, like, uh, the cavern that the Beatles played, basically. And, you know, like, on the wall, they had Arctic Monkeys. They had recently played there, too. So... It's just kind of interesting. Like I said, there's a certain sound and a certain, like, style of, like, rock that I think that, uh, you know, it doesn't matter, like, what age you are. It just kind of carries on in the generation. And, you know, kind of like, uh, I know you wrote about Greta Van Fleet recently, right? Yes, I got to see them in concert at the Ford Theater, and then I was invited by them to see them perform at the Grammy Museum. Okay. And I knew at that point that they were in store for big things. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Teach, do you know who Greta Van Fleet is? No, I don't. So, Greta Van Fleet are these, like, I think they're, like, 18-year-old, 20-year-old kids now. They're but babies. Yeah, but basically, <laughs> I mean, um, they, but they, this guy sounds, uh, and they probably hate people saying this, but they sound, the guy, the singer and also their guitar licks sound exactly like Led Zeppelin, but it's Ooh, not, but it's not Led Zeppelin music. It's just, like, it's the style Led of Led Zeppelin music. It's just, you can tell that they were a heavy influence on Right. Right. Yeah, but I mean, his voice does sound very similar to Robert Plant, basically, too. So, um, I enjoy a good Robert Plant voice. <laughs> I still enjoy his voice, too. I don't listen to it too much anymore. He kind of went off in a weird direction. So. Okay. <laughs> well, okay, Sometimes I mean... Those crazy artists have our crazy ways that we like to go, you know? So were you a Zeppelin fan? I mean, a lot of... Oh, big time Led Zeppelin fan okay. in the 70s. But to make that transition from, let's say rock and roll mm-hmm. to almost heavy metal there was a band called Fever Tree okay. that I loved and they were what they called acid rock mm-hmm. and that kind of bridged 
Yes, I did. Many, many times. That was going to be my next question yeah, after no, you finished I your... Like I, I was going to let you finish. I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, acid rock is kind of like, for me, at least, I don't know, there's so many different like definitions of like what genres are, but acid rock is kind of like when you hear like some like Jimi Hendrix stuff oh, and you yeah. hear it kind of like Hendrix just like major. the style he solos it just kind of bleeds together mm -hmm. I can only imagine that if you were on acid it would sound yeah. really good <laughs> yes it did I won many unofficial dance contests while I was dancing on acid to his music or, to <laughs> Jimi Hendrix's music yes. so, so you know here's the thing let me ask you when I because you know I'm a DJ when we have go-go dancers now it's kind of changed right it's kind of like uh, you know, the girls are kind of like uh, standing on boxes in, in a sense. But in the 60s, it was like bird cages. Wait, wait, wait what are they wearing? Are they you, wearing? you know, it depends. Actually, I, I feel like, you know, maybe they're wearing like a bikini or something. But the point is, I feel like actually a lot of times they design their own outfits and things like that. So a lot of these go-go dancers are actually uh, fashion fashionista designers too. So oh, yeah. they actually design their whole entire you know, get up and things like that. But no, I'm just saying in the in the 60s when you're go-go dancing, I, for some reason I just imagine like large bird cages. <laughs> you know, uh, well, the big feathers. Yeah. For some reason, I... I, 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 I just, Is that know, what you're talking about? Like, I mean, high kicking and... Starting out at the teen fairs, it was just on stage. Mm -hmm. Later on, like a few years down the road, I think it was JBL. Okay. That built cages mm -hmm. on the side of their stage. The speaker company, the right? Dancers, yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. Um, around that time, I was offered my own cage at the Whiskey A Go Go. Okay. But my mother wouldn't let me because she said I was too young. <laughs> the Whiskey A Go Go is such a. What legend. was she thinking? I know. A mother. And for what reference did reference. she have? <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, how, how does that area change? I mean, like Whiskey A Go Go or the Viper Room. I mean, these are like, you know, back in the day, like, you know, play, people like the Doors, like, would play. Oh, like... I, I saw the Doors there, the Whiskey. <laughs> really, I really? Saw them all over town. I love them. Okay, okay, so, okay, let's bring it back to like 1960. I'm so jealous. <laughs> 60, like, uh, six, okay. Like, when you're watching the Doors, I mean, like, Jim Morrison, to me, like, I didn't really like Jim Morrison until, like, a lot later on in my life. I always felt like The Doors was, like, so weird. But then at some point in time, I think I had taken enough drugs to understand. <laughs> you had opened the third eye. You, you know, and then I got it one day. I, I think I got it one day. You, you know what I mean? But, you know, how, how was it? Was Because I, I was always told that in the 60s, it's like, you know... Um, the hippie, like, druggy people like the doors. And then, like, if you were, like, a jock, you like the who. You, you, you know, you know. Okay, if you're, so wait a second. You were, you were, at age 13, you were already doing acid. No, no, oh. no. That didn't happen until I was around 16. Oh, okay. I, for some reason, I thought the go-go dancing no, was no, no. acid. No, the, all of that, the thing of that is, okay, I was exposed to drugs at that age by the musicians, mm -hmm. but none of them ever offered it to me and I never asked. Oh, okay. It wasn't until I got older that I asked. And so you asked, it wasn't offered to you or? It was not, I asked. Okay. And the interesting story about that is um, Mike Chain was the leader of the inmate slash NAC. Mm -hmm. And 
there was always guys coming around and, you know, oogling and all that kind of stuff. And he would go, you treat her like she's your little sister. And Oh, they were oogling over you. Yeah, so he was and, kind of being protective. Yes. I see. And, okay. and see, that kind of, I think, protected me when I was really young and naive. Sure. You know, everybody doesn't want to be your friend. <laughs> <laughs> Remember what we were talking about earlier with those child brides up in Montana? Oh yeah, but we can't we can't just jump to child brides in Montana. And, 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 I, I'm just saying. It's, it's I, kind I, of the same thing, you know, young girls and, yeah. and intentions. You know what? That's like big right now, man. I it mean, wasn't anything that she was involved in. It okay. was just something that was, no, just, is happening that is, you know, <laughs> some people call one thing and other people call like pedophile, yes. you know. And she was talking about having to write about this, and it wouldn't. <laughs> the, the computer she was writing on would not let her write the letter, the word pedophile. She said it took like four or five times. And I'm like, well, you know, see, sweetie, that's the reason is because that triggers, you know, different um, uh, associations to watch you now. Right. <laughs> Every time really? it, it tries to respell it and you keep trying to spell pedophile, there's keywords, you know, bomb, whatever. They're going to start watching you. And so poor, you know, Caroline here <laughs> could be the farthest from it's so probably funny. you know had for a while had people you know okay here we go no we got a hot one in here we got a hot one yeah, you yeah, know watching me again so that's what the whole Montana uh, <laughs> for sure for the sure marriage thing was was about so again I want man I want to know about like I mean in terms of like in the 1960s or and also 70s I mean like uh, you know how how have like drug attitudes changed I mean like you know it was so prevalent back then basically and then. In the 80s, there was the drug war, basically. I mean, the whole Reagan thing, you know? So, like, I mean, have you seen attitudes like, you know, weed's legal now, for Christ's sake? Like, right. how well, have you seen... What kind of drugs were around that you were aware of? Well, back then, there were several different types of acid to choose from, and I tried all of them. Really? That's how interesting, because now there's, only like, one, there's only, like, one my kind. My favorite <laughs> was white lightning. Okay. okay. Is it on... It Was that on the stamp, or, like, what, what was it? Like, or is it... or liquid, yeah. or... You know, you're asking me a really difficult question. I didn't stop to look. <laughs> okay, so is it? Is it... <laughs> Sorry, that was an orangutan. And and you know there was window pane and there was orange sunshine. Okay. Which was really great. Interesting. But not my favorite. Okay. You know, and and oh my gosh, there was just so many different kinds. You know, you had the. LSD twenty five. You had the Sandos and so so. so these have, are all different trips. Like you could feel differently on each. I think one. it's like yeah, because see, White Lightning was more of a speedy high, mm -hmm. and you could really get into the finer details of art or writing, sure. and you know just zero in focus. Orange Wedge or Orange Sunshine. You could just. As we used to call it, freak freely. <laughs> freak freely. Wow, I like that. I like the way that yeah. sounds. Just, I like the way it's just sounds. That, that should be on a t-shirt. So what, does that, that, what does that mean? That would be the reality exit. Oh, wow. Okay. okay, and there was lots of fun hallucinations and all kinds of good stuff like that. I had one friend. <laughs> he, he thought he was seeing aliens. 
Oh, wow. and, and had a whole conversation with aliens and was showing me had the cool little, what do you call them, uniforms? And uh, <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> oh, that so, so, you know, it's kind of interesting because, like, right now, I think, like, ecstasy is, like, way more popular than... Um, acid is, I would say, you know what I mean? And then it's kind of yeah, like no people... No one does have, acid anymore. I, I mean, I still do hear some people, but it's not like, like I said, it's not as prevalent, you know? And I've heard more of people doing shrooms than acid. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, right? I mean, I think it's easier to grow. I mean, you know, acid, you got to synthesize it, you know? But what I'm trying to say is like, uh, ecstasy, there's like different pills, you know? There's like, I don't know, a blue dolphin, uh, you know, a... Uh, White Echo, a uh, you know, green Rolls Royce. It's all the different types of like uh, emblems on the pills, basically. Right. And then there's actually like, uh, like I said, there's different people say, oh, this one does this, this one does that, you know. And this one's more, a little bit more speedy. It'll be like more dancey, you know. What I mean? And then there's Who also engineers that crap as well. I mean, different chemists, man. I mean, these guys, you know, it's like Heisenberg style and Breaking Bad. I mean, there's like chemists that they put there. There used to be, okay, so. Um, First of all, yeah, there's uh, a trademark on each pill, actually, okay, because it has the image, right, on the pill. Sometimes there was these pills going around for a little while. It was called a, uh, a Pokemon, so it would have the picture in the front, and on the back, it would have a Pokeball, basically, oh, right? Wow. So everybody was buying these ecstasy pills, right, and then they all had Pokeballs on it, and then all of a sudden you heard, oh, that chemist got raided, and he went to jail, and all of a sudden, after a little bit, there was no more Pokeballs on the streets, basically. Oh. You know what I mean? So it's like, there's ways to like brand these things too. Like limited edition. Yeah, I know, exactly. <laughs> no, I swear. <laughs> totally, man. Okay, because if, if you're like, hey, I actually have a spare Pokeball from like five years ago, people would be like, oh. I'd Is imagine. it still potent? Yeah, yeah. I, I think XC, like, you know, I think it has a shelf life of like three years or something like that. But the thing oh. is, like, it still works, like, after it just starts breaking down or something like that. But I imagine, like I said, acid is kind of similar um, back then. You know, you have, like, all these different types of, like, acid, too. So, but like I said, now it's kind of like, for acid, it's so rare, I think, that, um, like I said, if you can get your hands on a vial or something like that, that's, you know, that this is called generic acid. <laughs> so, this, what did you smoke? Uh, pot back oh, then? Of course. Oh, of course. Well, it's, yeah. You know, it um, helped take the edge off coming down off of the acid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pot was a lot weaker back then, for sure, yeah. right? Yeah, and, and you could buy a, a three-finger lid for $10. Oh, my gosh. Three fingers. Yeah. That's how I used to measure it, actually, when I was in high school as well. Yeah, it's like whiskeys, basically. One-finger bags, that's how I used to buy them when I was in high school. That's so crazy. I know. And this was in Florida. No, yeah, no I mean, that, that's, that's, that's so interesting. I've never heard that before. I usually hear that for whiskey. It's like, oh, give me, like, two fingers of whiskey, basically, you know what I mean? Which, obviously, is similar type of measurement, like, right, exactly. if you think about it, you know? I think probably the weeds started getting so dense, you know what I mean? These growers, like, yeah. they're so, they're like, I can't give you two fingers, man. Yeah. <laughs> We've got to look at weight here. We've got to look at the weight here. You know, we got mass, we got weight. We got to figure something out. Yeah, here. Something you, you, here. Don't, don't get any stoners on some detailed <laughs> shit. You, you, you know what I mean? They, they will. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, it just must be crazy for you. I mean, to see, like I said, and since the 60s, you, they can put you in a cage for smoking a fucking plant. And now it's come around and it's like legal and it's helping teacher's leg <laughs> heal yes, right now. Like, you know, you have the CBD CBDs. treatment. Teacher has a... They gave me some medication. He has a... Called Alex. ACL injury. Yeah, so um, about, a, about a week and a half ago, had my ACL 
that was already replaced with a Achilles graft. Um, it came loose from the femur. And so they had to go in and they had to rip out both of the old bolts and then make two new bolt holes and put a new graft in there. Wait, how did you injure yourself, man? <laughs> I'm just old, dude. <laughs> it's just wore out. I mean, it was the first time it was basically from volleyball. Okay, from about yeah, yeah. 25 mm-hmm. years of two-man beach volleyball. Yeah, yeah. But then... Um, the, the, I don't think the doctor did a good, a good job on the first um, ACL. And so, you know, and we got a good deal on it. We, you know, we got a cheap doctor and dude, you get what you pay for. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so luckily, I would like to plug this dude totally, Dr. Justin Salomon. If you have any kind of knee, hip, he also operated on my shoulder. I broke my shoulder. <laughs> Jesus Christ, he's <laughs> falling apart. <laughs> Well, dude, you try going flying over the handlebars, you know, and with having just hit a car and not being able to get your hands up to land, you either hit your head or your shoulder. And so, anyway, just Dr. Justin Salomon, uh, and um, he's, he's his office is in Beverly Hills, um, the best, absolutely the best. And so he's he's got me all rigged up now, and uh, I'm on the healing on the healing trail right now. Got about five more weeks in this. Leg brace, and then dude, it's gonna it's gonna be horrible. One leg is gonna be all muscular, <laughs> and then the, my right leg is gonna look like a just completely, you know, uh, at your feet, you know. And so then it'll be a slow build. It's gonna be, take about six months to to do the rehab back from that. So let's. But the man is still out in the streets doing street art. <laughs> and so here's, getting back to the point, um, the uh, they originally gave me this stuff called Alicet. And, um, you know, painkiller, had a little bit of acetaminophen for uh, bringing the swelling down. But, man, I got so sick off of it. Yeah. It was the, the morning, the second morning after surgery. I got up every morning after surgery fixing, fixing the twins' breakfast, getting them doing their exercises. But the second morning after I'd done a little bit of exercise and I was just, just trying to fix them breakfast, I broke into a cold sweat so bad that I was dripping, like drip, drip. Drip, drip, <laughs> and all of a sudden felt like I was gonna throw up. And my poor kids, you know, they're sitting there looking at me, going, "Daddy, are you gonna be okay?" <laughs> like, no, I got this. This is from the medication, basically. Yeah, this is from that crap that they gave me. Yeah. And and all the other stuff, you know, like the, uh, I think they gave me a Percocet the day that I left. They gave me one Percocet, um, but I just don't respond well to that stuff. That Vicodin, it it, it, it it stops me up, first of all. I don't like Vicodin. It, it, it yeah. messes with my appetite, and then I still feel some of the pain. Now, uh, CBDs and smoking weed and a little bit of ibuprofen, I'm good to go. Mm-hmm. And I've already got it down to where I'm not even taking any ibuprofen now. That's awesome, man. Just CBDs and, and weed. You know, I got like these two exercises that I can do. <laughs> I can do a leg lift. And then basically the uh, leg lift the other direction. Yeah, yeah. And toe, toe raises. I'm sorry, three. Toe raises. And that's all I can do. It's going to be so humbling. when I Man, but like I said, man, you're still out there like do I, I don't even understand. Oh, dude, yeah. I went out and did a piece the other day, right? And I'm thinking, okay, it's only going to take me 15 minutes. You I know? was watching that. 10 or 15 minutes. And I couldn't get a close enough parking spot, so I had to basically walk a block. And so by the time I got to the box, my leg, my knee was already kind of throbbing some. <laughs> and so if you'll notice, when I started, I was, I was squatting when I first started. 
And then at one point, I'm like, oh, okay, screw it. I got to sit. Because there was just, it was too much pain. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, okay. That, and I just that, couldn't concentrate. Enough. That, that is the output that this man puts out, okay, for his art, okay. I, I'm just, you know, I actually want to talk to you about this, actually. So a lot of times, I'm just saying, I always question. I'm just like, am I, like, putting out enough? Am I, like, working on my craft enough? You, you know what I mean? And then I look at this guy. I'm just saying, like... <laughs> He has a broken fucking leg, and he's still out there doing stencils and cutting and taking care of kids too. He puts me Dude, to shame, man. I was, I was man. going I mean. stir crazy. You know what I mean? Like I'd been at the house for a week, a solid week, and I, I was, yeah, I, I'm not good sitting still. So but, uh, it really is your therapy, man. I can tell. Exactly. Absolutely. So, but actually, you know what? Uh, speaking of street art. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, Caroline and I actually did a, a collaboration piece. Really? Yes, okay. we did a sticker together. Okay. Oh, now yeah. this was um, <laughs> this was back when they did the Charlie Hebdo okay. um, uh, attack. And I don't know if, for those of you who don't know or remember, um, Charlie Hebdo is this magazine in Paris, and uh, they satire. did satire. And they uh, had some assassins go in there and, and blow away was it four or five of the of the writers. Um, that was what four years ago. It we did that that piece in 2015 in September yeah. I think four it was ago. and I think that Charlie Hebdo happened a few months before that like right in yeah. June or July. Yeah, and so I had just done a piece that um, I had uh, like a. Court Jester, okay? That was the image, and I had a, a, he was dead on the ground, and then I had some guys with machine guns raising their arms saying, Allah Akbar. <laughs> and then I had um, a uh, rendition of Muhammad, you know, the head wrap, supposedly, and then I had a name tag on him that said Allah. <laughs> he was like big, and he was doing a hand, hand to palm. Mm-hmm. You know, like, okay, you know, you're... Well, you're not supposed to draw Mohammed, actually, right? I know, right? I know. But, you know, this is all about... It is, it is wrong to begin with. It's yeah, no, I mean, that's the, whole, that's the whole problem. The whole, I figured uh, I might as well go full, full bore with it, right? Yeah. And so, um, Caroline uh, took the image and added in a little uh, teach piece cross in there and made some stickers out of it and go, goes to Paris. <laughs> Plaster them all over Paris. <laughs> All over, and she sends me pictures. <laughs> She's sending me pictures. A couple of them were blurry because I think her and her friend had a little fun. Yeah, some I was drinks. having lots of fun while I was there. Yes. <laughs> but I love dude, it. I got pictures with uh, a couple of my stickers in front of Jim Morrison's grave. Oh man. Oh yeah. I haven't been there yet. I mean, I've been no, to it's Paris. Not like she didn't go up and put it on the damn. Grave, no, there's like a know? railing I mean, there. She was right? very yeah, respectful. There's, there's, there's other stickers and stuff. So, yeah. but you know. I got some uh, some great spots because uh, you know our collaboration sticker. Uh, she's actually a bit of a street artist, you know. Yeah, I know that's sticker what I'm saying. Like right the thing there. is, like people <laughs> people don't realize I'm like the sticker is like like you know the introductory course to like street art. A lot of times, like, that you know that you know whose stickers probably uh, at Jim Morrison's grave too. Stephen Stephen Levy's right? uh, stickers yeah. everywhere. Right? Like, you know, I know, I know man. Stephen. <laughs> That's why I wanted, you know, like, he, he was like, I was surprised to be invited on. But I'm like, look, man, like, this is, like, I have no idea who you are, but I've seen your face, like, so right. often. And that's the beauty of street art, too, repeating the image over yeah. and over again until it means something to you, right? You, you know what I mean? And, so and the cool thing about it is, I mean, to, to do stickers, there's no age limit. 
Yeah, yeah. You know, kids love stickers. stickers you, know. You, know, you know, you know when, when I hate stickers, though? I hate when kids put stickers in the back of the car and they peel them off and you see them on the wall. You know, all oh, the- <laughs> man, they ruin the paint job. No, I mean, in the back of the window, you see, like, you know, they're bored in the back seat and all those stickers are just, the parents try to peel them off. They're all stuck white. I'm just like, these damn kids, man. You know, so <laughs> it always just annoys the shit out of me. But I'm just thinking, like, you know, from a young age, people just love stickers and. Well, that's, that's you know, like I was saying, it's one of the mediums that actually doesn't have a, that the church bell is not any kind of indicator. It's just that one of our guests here forgot to turn her phone off. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. But anyways, I just thought, you know, I wanted to invite you on because, um, first of all, you know, NoHo Arts District is like a, a blog I frequent a lot of times. And, um, you know, it's nice to know uh, Mitchell Dumlau, the other founder of you know, LA Shore Gallery, I'm lives in no- North Hollywood. Uh, James, no how did you get from um, going to concerts, being the, the showgirl and everything, to being a writer? Well, like I said, I was writing stories and stuff ever since I learned how to spell. And I just kind of grew that craft until... What was your first writing break? Hmm. Well, that's a good question. I don't remember. I'm a good interviewer sometimes. Pardon? I said I'm a good interviewer sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm going to have to really think about that for a while because I, I think that the most consistent writing break I had was when I was writing for West End Magazine. And I was the music writer there. And, and I was still in journalism school. Okay. Because I had made a choice, you know, you, you can't dance and be, what, the holy gully girl forever. You have to have other things right. yeah, to absolutely. fall back on. And so writing, you know, and teaching. Okay, so teaching. I remember that's what I wanted to touch on too as well. Um, what uh, are you? Do you have any programs right now you're working on, or some recent ones that you can talk about? Programs. Like what? What have you taught? What have you taught recently? Well, I am what they like to call a comedian. No, that's another one. Sorry, a creative expression specialist. and a language development specialist and and what that means is where I work we teach infants sign language wow Okay, so that by the time that they're seven months old a lot of the time they can sign their needs but even if they can't at that point they understand the signs so you can sign to them what you're going to do next, and they understand, and they calm down. That's awesome. When they get older, though, what I have found is they don't use their words as much. So, again, I have to coach them and help them to learn how to use their words and say what they're trying, you know, what they're trying to sign that nobody's paying attention at that point, you know. Hmm. And then on the creative expression end of it, I kind of provide materials because I'm Reggio Emilia trained. So I, I provide uh, 
not cheap materials, but you know, really good quality materials and make them available and they do what they want. I put things out for them to get inspiration from. Mm -hmm. And it's up to them to do whatever it is they... So there's like different types of mediums, like um, buttons or, or uh, things that you found or... Um... Well, yeah, I have, I have brought in my bottle caps. <laughs> you know, I brought in magazines I thought the kids would find interesting and let them cut them up and, you know, mm -hmm. do whatever. And, and some have made some really cool, like Star Wars collages and you know, things cool. like that. Well, I mean, this is like another one of the reasons why you're like one of my favorite people. You've lived life the way that I would want to. She wouldn't have partied her ass off at the right time. And now she is giving back. You know what I mean? And that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, you, you've lived quite a life. I mean, like I said, starting from, like I said, when you're 13, partying in India with Frank Zappa all the way and becoming a go-go dancer, becoming a writer. You had these different phases, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Which one have you enjoyed the most, though? I mean, like... It, it... That's like asking me Your which age kid? group I like working with the best. Yeah. And I mean, do you have one? one I'm with. That's a great you answer. You know what I mean? It's, it's the age group I'm with at the time. I've actually enjoyed all of it. I, I can't really pick one thing because all the things that we do when we're younger kind of create who we are as we get older mm -hmm. and one of my main philosophies is you get out of life what you put into it it's mm, a good one so if you're using an eyedropper you know so to speak and you're taking water you know it's going to take you a long time to fill up the cup with an eyedropper <laughs> mm -hmm. i think it's the same with life mm -hmm. and i'm the type of a person that would rather do what I want to do and what I'm inspired to do, as long as it's not hurting anybody, then when I am 90 years old sitting in a rocking chair finally and, and rocking back and forth and going, hmm, what would have been different if I had done this or if I had done that? I don't want to live what ifs. I want to live what I have done. So it keeps me busy. I like that. I like that. That's some great advice. And actually, you know what? We're about at an hour right now, too. So. Oh, dude. Yeah. Wow. That went so fast. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. You just don't worry about anything, and you speak your mind. You did perfect. Okay, great. <laughs> so, you know, is there anything... I, I kind of want to talk about NoHo Arts District for a little while. I mean, like, what are you guys kind of about? I mean, um, you know, like I said, I, I Mitchell Dumlau, the other... Uh, founder of L.A. Shore Gallery. Yeah, how do people get involved? Like The founder of what? The founder of L.A. Shore Gallery uh, with me, Mitchell oh, Dumla. Okay. He actually lives in North Hollywood, too. So it's like a, uh, uh, you know, something we kind of catch up on, like what's going on local events and things like that, too. I mean, like, um, you, you know, w w how can people get involved? I mean, like, w w you know, what other stuff do you cover besides from your music section? Well, I have covered teachers' art. Mm -hmm. I, I remember you did that article with Wordsmith and Teacher, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. and we found a way to make it work for mm -hmm. the art you know, that I do, which is music. Mm -hmm. And then I've done a story on Teacher and John Ennis that mm -hmm. was about his book and um, Teacher's Art. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I think I, I included Pay to Play, John's really, really insightful documentary. 
on politics. politics. <laughs> Do you have anything you're working on that you would like to plug? Oh, golly. I'm always working on something. <laughs> it's like, I'll, I'll tell you my uh, latest story for the Arts District is about Adam Levine at halftime. <laughs> and Nipplegate. upset this one young person and you know she called me a, a sexist and I'm perpetrating you know the sexist mentality and you know I tried to humor her but you know at the end of the day we are all entitled to our own opinions but we have to remember the reality that we are living in and work from there and, yeah, you know, you can yell at me and call me a sexist, which I am not. But read the story at nohoartsdistrict.com forward LA music scene. Awesome. Or as Eddie Bravo would say, look into it. <laughs> you know what? One thing about this show that, uh, I mean, this uh, Paint Town podcast that we always end it with is actually we end it with Beatles song, actually, on the outro. I don't know if you heard that it's all uh it's you know it's from the yeah like i said it's always like a love you know so basically like i said i just wanted to say that i really enjoyed talking about the beatles with you today and it's always awesome to like kind of like share that ball with somebody so like i said i really enjoyed having you on today and uh you know like i said come back anytime you have anything you want to plug some more okay awesome thank you so much appreciate it take care no problem thank you